Well, hi, I'm Erin. Erin uh, Demers. I'm just a little bit over a month now. Uh, been at TCIA. I'm the manager of workforce recruitment and retention. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot with workforce development, including apprenticeships, um, student career days, and women in tree care. My name is August Hoppy. I am uh, a third generation arborist. Uh, we work in the Milwaukee area. We have a company called Hoppy Tree Service. I'm the president of, of the company after working in the business for many years. I've got about uh, 21 years of experience now in the industry, which is awesome. I've, I've seen a, quite a few different things. Um, I'm also a member of the TCIA board of directors and a senior director. So I'm really excited about that. And I love being you know, part of the industry and, and doing all those different things. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed you know, the you know, career in arboriculture and doing all the different things I get to do with our employees and working with trees and, and being part of this association. So I'm, I'm super stoked to you know, talk about apprenticeship and, and, and the things that we've done at our company with it and, and just kind of help the audience learn about apprenticeship. Um, there's a lot of nuances to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Awesome, and being third generation arborist, um, I like to ask people, how'd you get started in the tree care industry? Because most people didn't actually mean to get into the tree care industry. They just kind of ended up there. But as third generation, did you know that you want to go into tree care? You know, that's, that's a good question, Joe. I, you know, at first it was kind of like forced labor, right? You know, when I was a little kid, I was, I was dragging branches and, you know, my dad had to watch me. So of course he, he brought me out on job sites and things like that. But um, so I grew up in the business. I worked summers, you know, as a teenager, you know, I started climbing trees when I was 16 years old. Um, probably not the correct way. It, it took a while before we, you know, we became members of TCIA and, and, and different things that we learned, you know, I learned proper arboriculture, but I didn't really understand or know where I, what I wanted to do when I grew up until I was a senior in high school. And that's when I, uh, I talked with my father and my mother and I, and I said, I was early on in my senior year and I, and I said, you know what, I think I want to go to University of Stevens Point and study arboriculture and, you know, come back in the family business. And so that was, I think, uh, that was kind of like that turning point where I had kind of decided that that would be a great, you know, the career choice I wanted to do. So um, I think I chose correctly. I really enjoy what I do and, and it's been an awesome ride. And that's kind of, you know, when I, when I finally figured it out. Yeah. And do you think having that kind of experience and not knowing about kind of the, the career path and stuff, do you think that's what led you to uh, now pursue apprenticeship so hard? Because you kind of had that, you had that support system, at least that, you, you know, that was in the tree care industry, people that knew the industry and knew about it and, you know, knew how much you would enjoy it. Do you think that that's kind of why you're so passionate about trying to get other people into the apprenticeship thing or is it solely a job opportunity base? You know, Joe, that's a really good question. I don't think I've really thought about it before, but you know, the, you know, when you pose that question, I think um, to an extent, it's like, you know, I realized I had a very unique situation um, and a lot of people don't have that opportunity and to find, you know, for me, the whole thing is, you know, finding opportunities for people to, and pathways to get into our industry, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, I, I love the industry. Um, I run a business, so it's self-serving. We need employees. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, we have a pipeline of employees coming in. Uh, and I think kind of, I got to a point where I knew that I, I, I could help the industry and I wanted to give back and I wanted to, to work on some of these programs um, and 
can do that and get into you know apprenticeship and recruitment of employees and and help other people because I think we you know I I learned a lot of things some of these things happened totally by accident or coincidence and and I was lucky I got on the right committees and and all of a sudden had these opportunities and then I felt you know like you know this is my responsibility now to to help with that so you know I realized many people don't just have you know can go work in dad's tree service and grow up in that and then eventually take it over and and grow the business and things like that. So let's find other ways. Let's find different opportunities. Let's really make this a skilled trade. Let's, let's advance the tree care industry. And, and that's what, that's what I'm all about. And, and that's what we're trying to do. So. No, thank you. And before we dive too deep into the actual world of tree care apprenticeship and what it looks like here, Aaron, just about your background a bit, what led you to join the tree care industry and what previous experience with them? like apprenticeship, workforce retention, and uh, recruitment have you have you done? Yeah, um, so I actually come from an educational background. Um, I was an elementary school teacher in Tampa, Florida for uh, about six years. Um, and then after that, I became a literacy coach. So I like to compare the work I was doing there with workforce development because I was supporting the, um, the teachers with best practices in specifically teaching reading. So a little bit different, um, you know, another very niche situation, but I would say that is kind of just why I found my position at TCIA. I was drawn to it because I felt like saw the changes in the teachers that I worked with and just how that support and the training and the development that they experienced, I felt connected to that. So that's my background and how I found TCIA and got into the industry that way. No, you're good. Thank you for sharing. And I think it just uh, proves the two different perspectives. You had, you know, the teacher perspective where you could actually see the students, uh, you have knowledge of how the inner working of the classroom curriculum and all that kind of stuff works. August has the experience when it comes to the, the technical aspect and running the actual recruiting thing for the industry. So I think it's good that we have both of you working on it so hard to get it pushed around. And I, you know, I think it's easy because I work for TCIA that I know what, you know, the apprenticeship is and what the recruitment initiative looks like. But for people who don't know, what is apprenticeship and how does one, I guess, get involved with it to begin with? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll take that question. Um, you know, apprenticeship is essentially it's a training program you know, and um, it's a, it's an awesome training program. It's a proven model. Apprenticeship has, you know, really been around for thousands of years. Um, you know, in Wisconsin, they um, created the first formal apprenticeship program in the nation. Um, I think the Wisconsin apprenticeship programs have been around since like, I think it's 1917. Uh, so it's been a long, long time. And essentially what it is, is it is on the job training um, and, and a formal way of doing on the job training along with uh, some classroom instruction. So, so that's really the, the beauty of the apprenticeship model is that uh, it's easy, you know, for employees, employers to do it and employees um, because so much of it is based on what you're doing on the job site. Uh, and then for us, um, the paid related instruction, which is the part that happens in the classroom, uh, is, is super important too. Uh, when I talk to our apprentices or other, other apprentices at different companies, that's the part they enjoy the most is being able to have that classroom time uh, where they can learn things, you know, at a slower pace in a non-production setting. Um, some of it's book work, but a lot of it is, is being up in trees, learning new techniques, 
testing out different equipment. Uh, and then they get to come back to their, their crews or, you know, on their, on their job sites and, and talk to their, their crew members that, you know, are on, that maybe they're not in the apprenticeship program, but they, they come in and they talk to their coworkers and show them some of the new things they've, they've done and seen. And it just creates a whole awesome energy for different things. So I, you know, I guess hopefully that explains it, you know, that's, that's kind of what apprenticeship is all about. Oh, and I guess the last piece with it too is, is, you know, once you finish the apprenticeship and you become a journey worker, then the cycle continues. Now you're a trainer and then you're there to, um, you know, train the next recruit, the next apprentice. So it becomes a perpetuating cycle. You know, once you can get critical mass in your apprenticeship program, it just, it starts snowballing and it, and it kind of becomes self-perpetuating. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I was just going to add just, you know, for those listening to um, quantify it a little bit with the um, on the job learning and then the related instruction, it's about 90% on the job learning and 10% related instruction doing that classroom or book work. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And from from the perspective, it sounds like it's fantastic for people who are potentially interested in getting into tree care and doing all that kind of stuff because you really get a lot out of it. But my question is, why is it good for tree care companies to, you know, be part of an apprenticeship program? Well, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Um, there's a lot of reasons. It's, um, I guess the first part is really recruitment. Um, you know, when you're looking, when you're putting job postings out and you offer uh, a formal apprenticeship program, um, you get more interest in your job postings. That's what we've seen. Was the, when we started apprenticeship, all of a sudden we saw a spike in candidates coming, you know, wanting to work at our company. Uh, not only that, higher quality candidates, you know, that really were eager to learn and looking for a career, not somebody just, you know, scrolling through Indeed and saying, ah, there's a job, there's a job. It was, you know, we're getting people that are excited about it and want to and see that pathway and say, okay, this company can provide me a way to become a skilled person, you know, and in our case, it's arboriculture. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing, you know, culturally, it, change, it can change your company too. You know, when someone is becomes an apprentice, they really create a new passion, you know, a passion for the industry, a passion for trees. They want to become the best. They, they want to see themselves get to that skilled level. So you see that enthusiasm with them. And then when they come out of their, their classroom training and they get, go back on the crew, it rubs off on everybody else. And, and that old veteran who, you know, is kind of set in their ways, used to doing things the way they were doing, all of a sudden sees this new energy in this person from the apprenticeship program, showing them, you know, a new way of tying in or, or what have you, or ascending into a tree. And all of a sudden they, they get a little more excitement too. So it's, you know, that's what I've seen that it really, um, it just, everybody starts working at a higher level. Um, when you do that, you know, there's that pride in that, okay, this is more than just a job. We are skilled. Um, this is, you know, skilled work that we're doing. Um, and, and people start to recognize that um, the quality of work gets better, uh, professionalism, um, it, you know, and then retainment, you know, employees, when you, when you do an apprenticeship program, what happens is you sign a contract with that apprentice, right? And it's, it has a pay scale. So every year that they're in the program, they, their pay increases. And, you know, and they, they start as a, you know, in year one, it's typically, it's about 60% of what a, pay, a, a skilled worker at your company would make. And in, in the way it works in Wisconsin is every company sets their own pay scale. You don't, it's not something that's some, a collective. So um, every company does it individually, but when you can show an employee that, um, that pay scale, they can see, they see what their progression is going to look like. 
right? And so they they can see, they can track, they they know it's going to take time. They have patience, but they also see what the end looks like for them. There's not that uncertainty of you know, am I just standing still in this job? Is this just some regular old job for me? No, there's an excitement that can build after year after year after year. So that's that is super awesome um, for for the employee as well. So we find that. You know, the employees, you know, they, they stick around. They believe in it. They have a trust. There's a trust between us as the employer and the employee now. You know, we sign this contract with them. And it, it's not a union thing. A lot of people get nervous that apprenticeship is, is you know, a union type um, situation. But it's not. It's not with this. But there is there is that pay scale. And um, it, it's important. It's it's showing that you believe in that employee. And then they, they in turn, bring that trust back to you. So that's that's some of the great things about it. Yeah. And I have a couple of ways I want to go off this one, but I guess the first one is continuing on your, um, like the culture discussion. Do you think that, you know, having a apprenticeship program helps, I don't know how to phrase this in, you know, uh, a correct way, but do you think it helps your employees and people in the industry feel like they're comparable to a skilled trade when people talk about like electricians or plumbing or welding and stuff like that? Does it put us in that same kind of bracket? And not necessarily in the industry's eyes, but like the the publics and people that your um, clients, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, unfortunately, we're fifty years behind the plumbers and electricians. You know, with with apprenticeship and journey workers, but you know, we got there. We finally have the program, and it and it's happening. So, um, what happens is that you know now the Department of Labor recognizes um, the Arborist Apprenticeship Program. Um, you know, and to be be considered a skilled trade, you need to have vocational training, uh, and that's what apprenticeship training is. So, so we're seeing that it's so much easier now for guidance counselors to look in their books of different careers and see arboriculture in in there. Um, so there's becoming more and more recognition of the industry um, and you know when that high school senior is talking to their parents about their career choices and they say well I might want to be an arborist now all of a sudden their parents saying well this is a skilled trade it has an apprenticeship you know this sounds great where maybe before they would say boy what are you going to do in the winter time you know it sounds like you're doing landscaping work um, so it, it's it helps shift the public perception of what we do and I think that's so important what what it can do for that. And we're only on the tip of the iceberg still too. You know, once we can continue to get more math, critical mass with this, it's it's going to be great. Um, in Wisconsin, we we actually recently just created a youth apprenticeship program, which is even better. And we have youth apprentices um, working at our company now that are high school juniors and seniors, um, and that's that was based off of the apprenticeship program. And so now they're going to be able to feed into that, and they're looking at this as a career. And the reason we were able to even contemplate, you know, a youth apprenticeship is because our apprenticeship program in, in the state of Wisconsin's become entrenched now. And, and so the high school coordinators and guidance counselors are understanding that. And there's so there's, these kids have a lot of excitement for our industry. And now that they can realize that you can make a productive career about it, um, it's, you know, it's changing the game. It, it really is. You know, we're so much sexier than being a plumber. You know, if you think about it, can you go on a job site and climb trees or do you want to go fix toilets? It's, it's you know, we're going to have a competitive, we can have a competitive advantage now that we're going to be on a level playing field with the other skilled trades. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to spoil your expo session, but your expo session is all about starting a apprenticeship program. I guess really for the basics, 
how do you start an apprenticeship program and how long does it take for a company that doesn't have anything like that to begin to implement that? Well, um, it's a good question. So uh, apprenticeship, you know, first off, sounds pretty scary to people and it sounds like a lot of work. Right. And, you know, there's a, there's three real parts to it. Um, so you, I guess first you have to kind of understand what apprenticeship is uh, and then decide if it's the right fit for your company and then start asking questions and get the resources. So, you know, apprenticeship is really it's it's on the job training, which means you get a job book. The apprentice gets a job book. And in that job book are lots of competencies. It might be uh, understanding personal protective equipment or how to operate a chipper, or how to how to operate a chainsaw or how to work a loft in a tree. And each of those competencies has numerous steps that you have to do and get signed off on. So that's the first part of it is, is the job book. And then the second part is just hour-based training. So um, you have to show that, you know, you've worked X amount of hours doing these competencies. So I think I think it's like a thousand hours of working a loft or 500 hours of operating a chipper or 500 hours of operating the chainsaw. So those are the two parts that feed into the on-the-job part. And then there's the paid-related instruction part. And that's the part that's you know, kind of maybe the most challenging um, as we try to scale up apprenticeship across the nation. Um, it's, you know, that can be daunting for an employer if they don't have resources around them to help them with the paid related instruction. And that's, I think that's the real fit for the Tree Care Industry Association, you know, to be able to provide those resources. Um, there is the module books, the year one, year two, and year three training manuals that TCIA can provide uh, an employer. You know, and and they could they could do that training on their own, uh, or they could uh, like in Wisconsin we have educational institutes, we have technical colleges that can train the the paid related instruction part. So um, we use that in Wisconsin. We're we're very lucky here with that, um, and and that's why we have I think so many apprentices already. There's over last count I had there was 75 active apprentices in in the state of Wisconsin. Um, I'm sorry, I even forgot what the what your question was all about. Could, I don't know if I answered it. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely how to start one, um, how to start an apprenticeship program, and I guess the the follow up on that is how long did it take you? Um, I, I guess Wisconsin may be different than many other states that may not have the the federal one or whatever, but how yeah. long did it take you? Okay. Yeah. So, so to, how to start it, you know, really is find out if you have a Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards. So half the states in the country have state bureaus that can help you. You can contact them and find out and get resources uh, and to do that. And the other half work through the Department of Labor. So um, sometimes you would, you would sign a contract with the Department of Labor or with your state bureau. But the, really the best thing is to, once you have an understanding and a recognition of the value of apprenticeship and you have more questions, I would encourage you to contact TC. I'm so excited. Erin's on the staff now. Um, she'll be able to guide people through, you know, and, and answer questions, follow up with them. If you hit a roadblock, um, it might not be easy, especially signing that first apprentice and understanding what it goes. We were not good when we had our first apprentice doing the hour tracking and things. It was a, it was a work in progress. You know, the apprentice understood that we did. But over the course of time, as you continue to work within the program and add more people in it, you develop systems. It's just like anything in your business. You know, the first time you do it, you know, you're rougher on the edges, but you, you start you start getting more sophistication as you go. Um, and we've got a really good system in place now, but it, it takes some work. It takes some some um, understanding and just you know trying it and, and doing it. So I'd say go to go to TCIA and and have that 
you know, have that uh, discussion and Aaron will be there to, to help with that. And, and basically what folks can do is, you know, go to, you know, go to CCIA if they want to reach out via email. Um, I, what I do from there is I send just some, you know, employer, an employer guide of information about basically what we're talking about, what is apprenticeship. Um, and I also provide a sample of the year one course materials that they can look through. Um, and then, you know, just decide if that they feel like apprenticeship is the right fit for them. And then we would get um, on a call together to talk a little bit more and answer some more questions. And hopefully if their state does have um, the bureau, uh, they have a apprenticeship coordinator there, um, I would help them get in touch with them and then they can help them with the Department of Labor. And, and not to put either one of you on the spot, but we keep talking about a lot about um, if apprenticeship is the right fit for your company, it seems like there's a lot of benefits of why it would be a right fit for most companies. But why why wouldn't it be a fit for some companies? Like wh what would be some, some places or companies that wouldn't want to do an apprenticeship program? I'll take the first go at it, Aaron, if you're okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll let August take that. And then if you don't, if there's something else, I can chime in. So, you know, um, I, I would think, it, you know, if you're a, a smaller company already struggling with your training program, I think your first step might want to be like TCIA Tree, Tree Care Academy, which is, you know, essentially a training, uh, you know, training program where you can get, you get booklets and, and you can, can uh, get signed off and take the tests and get credentials through the Tree Care Academy. Um, I think that's a really good first step. But then as your business grows um, and you get to a higher level, um, that's when I think apprenticeship can can work out. And I'm not saying every, you know, every small business needs to start with Tree Care Academy. Uh, it just really depends on the sophistication of your training program. I think that if, um, you know, basically just starting off apprenticeship, I think could be a challenge for people like that. For us, I, I believe in apprenticeship, the benefits of it are, are so great. That credential, that journey worker credential that you get at the end of it is, is really meaningful. Um, it, you know, if, if, you know, it, it's, a, it's a sense of pride for the employee that they become a journey worker, that credential transfers. If they move to a different state, it can be recognized at a different state. Um, if you were to show up at a, you know, another employer's door and say, I'm, you know, I'm a journey worker arborist, they would know that you've gone through exhaustive training and that you have the qualifications there. So for us, it's, you know, we've worked hard at it for five or six years and the apprenticeship is, you know, having that recognized credential is, is so meaningful. Um, for some, some companies, it's just, I just want to make sure my people are trained right. And, and that might be where that tree care Academy comes in. So if, especially if you have like office support too, that can follow up on your apprenticeship program that, you know, that's an important part of it too. If you don't have that, you know, the tree care Academy might be a better starting point. Uh, but I'd really encourage people that, you know, if they're going to start with the Academy to, to do that, but then to really look closely at, at apprenticeship because the meaningfulness of it and what it can do for your, you know, the quality of your work, um, just for the, for the industry at whole too, you know, you're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for the whole industry really um, by making it, you know, people understand across the nation that we're a skilled industry, you know, and that's going to benefit us all if, if you do that. So. Yeah, I wanted to just take a minute to acknowledge and highlight, I feel like we kind of keep talking about the, the benefits of apprenticeship and how it really is two birds, one stone. You know, I know not to be redundant, but I know like August is just saying like, 
introducing folks to the industry, and then also building that capacity within your own business. It seems like, you know, it seems like apprenticeship would almost be a no-brainer, but it, it is true, like Tree Care Academy could be better just depending on the situation. They're really, you know, the programs are, are fairly similar. You know, essentially the, the apprenticeship program, you know, is a three-year model. Uh, and what the Tree Care Academies are, are small chunks of, of the apprenticeship program. It's all aligned. The curriculum is, is, is very similar. Um, so you're still getting you're still getting that training, that basic training with the Tree Care Academy, um, but you're not getting a recognized credential at the end of it. Um, you know, is is really the essential difference. It's a, it's an in-house training program. It's going to keep your arborist safe. It's going to keep the quality. You know, it's going to help you with your quality of your work. Um, so those are important things. Yeah, thank you both for providing some insight into what that actually looks like on the back end. Um, I think between the two of you. It, the reason it sounds like apprenticeship is a no-brainer is because August, you have a very well-oiled machine of, you know, the apprenticeship program, you know, and it's running in your state. It is, it is a big topic. And I've seen the work that goes on behind the scenes at TCIA, the work that goes in on the board of directors level that everybody puts in to make sure that we can keep uh, employees coming into this and keep employees at the companies that they are going from and not, I guess, bouncing around. And I guess I want to ask, uh, about the retention aspect of the apprenticeship program, because, you know, by contract, you have them for three years. What do you do over those three years to, you know, retain the employees? So after their third year is done, they don't just go and be a journey worker for another company. Well, I think that as with any employee, you need to, you know, nurture and foster a good relationship and have a good culture. You have to continue to do all those different things. I think what for us, retainment's been easy because, you know, because of that trust that's been built up over those those years um, that, you know, that apprentice. Yeah, sure. They can they can they can walk away at any time in the during the contract. It's not like they're chained to the wall or chained to the tree for three years either. You know, they they can leave your company and, and things like that. Those things can happen. Or if they don't show up on time repeatedly, you can fire them. So it's not like you're, you're locked into it. But there is there's a level of trust and there's that level of you know this employer believed in me they put me through school um i've you know at that after that three or three and a half year period of time you know they're probably in, in somewhat of a leadership role there's a good chance they could be a crew leader you know they have all those things in front of them they have their whole future in front of them and you've provided that to them so um it's easy for them to stay and 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 do that and then there's that excitement they get to give back they get to, to train that next that those next apprentices, you know, so it's, it's your skilled workers at your company that sign people off on their job book competencies. And so those are essentially, um, you know, if you're first new at it, you don't have any journey workers. So you find the most skilled employees you have. And those are the ones that sign off the competencies. But as you grow in the program and you have journey workers, you know, they're going to be the ones signing people off on their competency. That's a new sense of responsibility. That's something that's exciting for a lot of them to do that. So um, that's, that's really really what it is. That's how I feel about it. One of the questions I forgot to ask as, as I'm thinking about it is when you're choosing the people, um, maybe if you're just starting an apprenticeship program, um, when you're choosing people to sign off on the books, are you looking for people who are just uh, technically skilled in tree care? Or are you looking for people who are better teachers and maybe less technically skilled? Well, I think, you know, when we first started, we, we essentially did both. 
you know, we looked at who our certified arborists were, um, you know, and wanted to have enough people that could be, that were qualified. And, you know, so there's definitely technical, you know, the book has, is largely technical in nature. So you want someone that really understands rigging to be able to be signing people off on it. And, you know, for us, the definition of when someone could be signed off is that they could, they'd have to do the job productively, safely, uh, and repeated, repeatedly. You know, so if you can fill those three criteria, you can be you can be signed off on something. So that's a, that was what we asked our trainers to do. Um, and then it's interesting as you distill down to like the crew level, you know, it's mostly our crew leaders that are doing the signing off now. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, you know, they're, they're actually pretty tough. The crew leaders don't want to sign off somebody that isn't ready yet. You know, so some of the apprentices are like, man, I think I'm ready, you know, um, but they want to really make sure that you're, you're doing the, the skill competent. They're putting their name on that, on that job book, you know, with the apprentice. So, so they want to make sure that what is what they're signing off on is reflective of, of the quality of work that that apprentice is doing. So, um, so I like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. And when you, when you send an apprentice out with a crew, is it the same crew size of what you would normally send out? Is it a slightly bigger crew? Because like, how do you, how do you count the apprentice in when you're actually, um, you know, sending out crews for jobs? No, good question. They're just like any other crew member, you know, they're just, you know, they, you know, they're going to be counted. Their, their person hour rate and production hour time is going to be the same as everybody else. They're just, you know, most likely the newest person on the crew. Um, you know, it's different. Like when I was telling you about it, like our youth apprentice, you know, that's a little different model. It's hard. We're not, we're not charging full billable hours for, for like the youth, youth apprentice. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, I think the real question is like, who do you decide to put in as, as apprentice? It's not, you know, meant for every employee. It probably isn't meant for every employee at your company. You really you have to look closely at what employees you are going to put, you know, want to, you know, first that you have that trust with that you feel they're going to be able to be around and that they, you want them to be in the future of your company. Um, and also, you know, it's a really well-rounded type of program and you might have niche people at your company that, you know, are, don't like to be up high in trees. They're great on loaders and driving trucks and things, but they're not going to be working a lot. Well, that's someone that you're not going to put in the apprenticeship program. So, so I think you look closely at, at your, your labor force. Um, we always do at least like a 60 day probationary period to make sure an employee is going to be a good fit, you know, before we put them into the program, you know, the, the day we hire them is not the day they sign their apprenticeship contract. You know, they have to they have to prove that, you know, they have that excitement and, and enthusiasm for the in industry. Uh, and then and then we'll go all in with them on that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I kind of want to give you a chance to speak about what your expo session is potentially going to look like and who should be uh, attending it if they're interested in learning about the apprenticeship program. Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, we're taping this, uh, you know, a couple of months before Expo. So I've, uh, I don't have any of this on paper yet, Joe. This is all just running around in my head right now. But um, I would say that, um, you know, it's really, you know, going to focus on, you know, just like understanding exactly what apprenticeship is, what that, you know, what kind of work that's going to entail for the employer, you know, to do it properly. Um, and then also like the different models. So Josh Morin, um, you know, out from Colorado is going to be, we're going to be working together on this, uh, 
you know, this session, you know, and the model he's using is different than ours. We're using a technical college to deliver all the paid related instruction and uh, each of our industry, you know, each of the tree care companies in Wisconsin that is doing apprenticeship. And there's, yeah, there's probably 15 companies now, maybe even more. They're all kind of doing it independently and signing their, their employers up, employees up through the technical college. Well, they have, they have a different model they're using in Colorado. So they're using industry, you know, they're using some of their, um, local tree care companies are helping band together and doing some of the paid related instruction that way. And they're also working with front range college um, to deliver some of the instructional material. So they're using kind of a hybrid method. Uh, and I think that's really awesome because I think that's a, probably more of a scalable model than what we have in Wisconsin, unless we can rally around the nation and get, you know, a few technical colleges in every state teaching aboriculture. Um, we're going to have to use a front range model. We're going to have to have clusters of um, uh, employers working together to deliver the paid related instruction. Um, or we're going to have, you know, independent companies doing it on their own, which, which can happen, but it's, it can be a lot easier if you can rally with other employers in your area. So, so we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, Josh and I have done this a couple times. We will have a good interchange about, about what's happening with it. We both really believe passionately in, in apprenticeship, but um, I think the thing is my whole goal is to answer people's questions, make it not sound so scary and complex, you know, to go through those nuts and bolts and say, you can do it. it it's so flexible too. You, like people don't understand. They think that we've added so much to our apprenticeship program that are just things our company does. Like there's nothing about tree support systems in the Arborist Apprenticeship Program, but at Hoppy Tree Service, there is, you know, we've added, we've built that into our book. We've built in uh, using a stump grinder, you know, that's, that's not in the book. Uh, planting trees, you know, our company plants trees, not all tree care companies do that. So we put that in the book. So we've added different things. Um, and so there, there's just, there's flexibility. You can add different things. Our company added um, ISA certified arborist. To complete your, your apprenticeship, you need to take the certification test at the end of your um, at the end of the program to become a journey worker. That's not a mandatory thing in 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 the basic contracts. So you you can build those things in. You can put um, TCIA Academy credentials in there as they build through there. Um, you could say you need to have a CDL license. So so that's another thing I want to really hit home is that like each employer can make this unique to their own company. Um, and then, you know, you can talk, if you have questions, you talk to your, your, your state bureau in Wisconsin. Um, you know, there's a 10% variance on the hours, you know, that you have, you can shift hours, um, from one, you know, um, operating a chipper to, to running a chainsaw. Um, we actually have five, I think it's 500, it might even be a thousand hours built in of just um, employer mandated hours where you can pick what the apprentice is going to be doing for, for those, those hours. So um, that's one thing I like about it. And I think that's one thing people don't understand. They think it's so rigid that, you know, you're going to be pigeon toed. You're going to have to train this certain way. No, you look at it, how your company trains, and then you build your training module and you mesh that in with apprenticeship to, to formalize it so that you can create a consistent way to train and that it's repeatable and it just perpetuates that way. So that's, that's the stuff I really want to hit home on the value of it and let people understand it's done so much for our company. And, and I want to, I want to see others try to adopt it if they can. Yeah. I like that a lot. 
in in the meantime, um, you can always reach out to Erin at TCIA, and she'll be more than happy to at least you know potentially start getting you set up before you go see August session at Expo this year. Um, we're just coming up on the end of the hour that we have together, so I just kind of want to open up the floor to both of you. Is there anything that you guys would like to talk about that we haven't had a chance to yet? I'm I was glad that August brought up the guidelines and how it does seem it can come across as rigid, but folks can really tweak it and make it their own in a way that reflects their company and what their needs are. So I was glad that um, you touched upon that. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just really, I'm excited about, um, you know, how TCIA is getting involved with apprenticeship. You know, I, I got into this like in 2016 is when we first started in Wisconsin. I, I got, I was asked to join a task force to go to a one meeting to, to be like a focus group on like what apprentice, you know, what kind of skills does an arborist need to have? I thought it literally, I thought I was going to one meeting and it turned into like half my career is, is now an apprenticeship. So uh, it's been, and, and seeing TCIA get involved, um, a former I'm on the board. I'm lucky enough to be on the TCIA board right now. And um, it was a prior board member named Jeff Wilson, formerly a Wachtel Tree Science, who reached out to me. He said, you know, I'm getting off the board. I think, August, I think you should apply because, you know, you're, he, he was the workforce development person that helped, you know, initially got TCIA, put it on the map for TCIA. And he was exiting the board and he wanted me to kind of carry the torch. And I, um, I've been trying to do that and, you know, based on, you know, what Jeff had done prior. So um, I'm just, I'm excited that, you know, we're putting the, re as an organization, we're putting the resources in it and, you know, people are going to have questions and Aaron's going to be there to help answer those questions, you know, and, and um, I can't wait till, you know, we look on the TCIA website and there's a big section about apprenticeship and, you know, someday there's thousands of journey workers across the nation. You know, it just, to me, it seems like such an awesome credential. I, I love the ISA certified arborist credential. I think it's an amazing credential. It's grown so fast, but it's a book test. A journey worker arborist is someone that has proven through the course of their training that they have those competencies. There's nothing that beats that type of credential, you know, and if you build the ISA credential into that as well, that's like, that's the best. It's an amazing credential. And I, I think it should be, you know, one of those top credentials that people strive for. And if we can do that, it's going to, it's, it's going to continue to change our industry. You know, we've been struggling for a hundred years on retainment uh, or like getting employees. You know, I've heard about minutes from like the first TCIA meeting, you know, where they talked about, you know, there's not enough arborists. That was a hundred years ago. You know, we're still, we're still dealing with that, but let's, you know, we're trying to fix it and we're doing some really cool, bold things now that hopefully can do it. <laughs>